Good morning and welcome to Solid Rock Online. This is Pastor Nelson Strachulet. I'm going to be preaching this morning and I just want to welcome you in the name of the Lord. I want to talk a little bit this morning about sonship. Um, out of the book of Galatians, uh, the Galatian people were people who got saved and then they were attacked from outside and one scripture puts it in the sense that uh, men and 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 different people and different religions came in in stealth form. In other words, uh, they came in with a deceitful appearance for the purpose of deferring them from being saved by grace through faith and come back to the law. That was one religion, but other ones came in as well and attacked the newborn church. And the book is written, it has a very specific purpose it's more than just being saved by grace. There is a purpose by which that achieves that we're going to look at this Sunday and next Sunday. And in, uh, in the book of Galatians, it pictures a redemptive work with a purpose in mind. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were under bondage under the elements of the world, which means the cosmos. And Jesus said these words, and I want to inject the Gospels into here because he said, Fear not, I have overcome the world. And uh, the, 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 uh, the religious systems of the day were trying to take them back into the world of works, which didn't make them free from the world. But when the fullness of time came, was come, God sent his son, made of a woman, under the law. That's an interesting phrase. Jesus was born under the law, he functioned under the law. He fulfilled the law. He brought the law to a completion and, in, and inaugurated a new covenant. So the law was dealt with by Jesus, and so the Galatians people were trying to go back to what had already been accomplished. And so it wasn't what they could do to be saved or walk into sonship. It was what already has been done for them. The Greek language pictures life from the birth to fulfillment of every believer. First of all, we are those who are um, embryos. The Bible talks about being an infant in the womb. And then there's a birth. And the birth has a certain Greek word to it, an infant, nipois. And then there's a growth in the child, and they come to the place where they're called a technon, which is a child, conveys, conveying a relationship of kingship. So right at birth, the plan of God was to bring people into their uh, sonship, in their relationship with the king, 
in order to fulfill the will of God on earth. So uh, th there's this technon, but there's another Greek word, technia, a broad class of young people. Wow. A metaphor which is called baby Christians. So when we're born again in the kingdom, we become infants. Then we become technon, we become children. And then we come into the realm of technia, which is meaning the place where I am now. <laughs> Realizing that there is a, a conveyance of relationship to the king. Uh, the class of young people are baby Christians. So Paul, both male and female, Paul, <clears throat> when writing to the church at Corinth, he says, I could not talk to you as mature people. I have to talk to you as technons because of their immaturity in certain areas. And he challenged them. Then there's the word... Um, Padilla is one group of young bunch of children. So the Bible cla has classes of, not classes, but age levels of the reality of our life in the kingdom of God. From the time that we're born to the time that we pass away, we are, there, is a, there is a process by which we grow into the... Um, the complete will of the Father, which is the tech, which is the humus, which is the mature son. So just to illustrate that, when Jesus was baptized and he came up out of the waters of baptism, um, the heavens were open, the spirit descended on him, and the voice from the Father spoke out and he said, this is my Humus, my mature son, in whom I'm well pleased. And so Jesus came. He was birthed an infant. He grew up as a child, and you can read his life in the Bible. But there came a place where now he was going to carry out by authority the covenant that was written for him to fulfill. Technon is children in the covenant, but not necessarily are they fulfilling it. But when you come to the word humus, it's a place where we enter into to fulfill what the word says concerning the will of the Father. Not our will, but his will. So when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he bowed down, he cried these words. He cried out, Abba, Father. And in his, in his moment of great pressure, he cried out. And this, this phrase means one, a child or a son who cries out to the father in total trust of him. So Jesus 
in this moment came to the place where he was actually walking as a child and so on through his life, fulfilling the will of God. But there came a point and time when he had to totally surrender his will. The amazing part about this is, is that in surrendering his will, he was able to allow the Father to release all the provisions and power of heaven to enable him to, to bear the cross on our behalf. And so when he gets, when he, when he got to the River Jordan at his inauguration, at his baptism, immediately the Holy Spirit took over his life. And Mark says it drove him into the wilderness. The other one said led, but it's a strong Greek word, meaning he submitted to someone else's choice and left his. Um, and so he's the model of sonship. I could, there, there are many things we could say about that. Uh, when Jesus... <laughs> Isaiah prophesied, it says, unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. So he came in humanity and as a son. He came as a child in humanity, and he came as a child of God, as a son. And he lived as a son until the day of his inauguration in the river when God now allowed him to enter into carrying out the last part of his work on earth. This is what Hebrew says in chapter 4, verse, at the fullness of time, was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sonship. Now the word adoption in the Greek, there is no word adoption in the Greek, to be honest with you. If you were going to translate this word, it would mean the placement of a son. And maybe next week I'll, I'll talk about that. But the redeem, the, to redeem for the purpose that we would be placed as sons, humuses, which means in, my, in, in the maturity that I have come up to, that God has brought me to, there's a point in time when we actually receive a mandate to walk in the authority and fulfill the will of God. That's sonship. I am now, as a, in sonship, one is totally surrendered to the will of the Father and, and relinquishes his own will. And it's amazing because the Bible says that he sent the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, into their hearts. He sent the Spirit of the Son into their hearts and the Holy Spirit is the one that cries out, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit is the one that connects our 
affection, relationship with the Father that releases full trust. And what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he cried out those words, what was happening was he was allowing himself and he was putting himself into the full trust of his Father. That's, what, that's where sonship brings you to. That's where sonship actually causes uh, the, the work of the cross to become a reality. Let me put that into these words. The cross, the, Bi the Bible says that we died with Christ. The old man is dead. Uh, so it's buried. Death is the initiation. Death of the old man was the initiation into sonship. Jesus died to himself as a man. In the last days of his life, to complete his sonship, to complete the will of the Father under the authority of the Father. So sonship is not just fulfilling the word. Sonship is a position. It's not a, it's not a gender word. It's a position word. And it's amazing because the Galatian people were born into sonship. Every Christian is born into sonship. We are born as an infant. We grow up as a child. We grow up as a teenager. But we come to the place where we are now able to take and walk in the authority of the Father and carry out the kingdom of God on this earth. The biggest part of that life is released and affected and positioned and empowered by the Father himself. He birthed us into sonship and he takes the liberty and the efficaciousness of his nature and brings about his desired result out of the lives of those who walk in sonship. It's an amazing call of God. Every believer has been born into sonship. It's more than just being saved. It's actually coming to a place where God puts his assignment upon you and you walk in his assignment. What was Jesus' assignment? It, was like, it read like this. In the volume of the book, it's written of me. I come to fulfill all that's in the law, the Psalms, and the prophets. He submitted to, that, to the old covenant to fulfill it. That's walking in his sonship. So sonship is not concerned about my will or what the will of God is for my life. Sonship is concerned with fulfilling what God said because what God said becomes his will for us. So it's not confusing. It's not me trying to figure out what I should do, what I can do, and what I shouldn't do. No, God has ordained a life for each of us in sonship to fulfill the word of what he said. For instance, 
just some practical things. Uh, forgive one another. Husbands, love your wives. I mean, there's all kinds of things in the word that is to be fulfilled. And as, as we are in, have been birthed into sonship, we have been given the authority to walk in that. I have been given the authority to love my wife as Christ loved the church. I have been given the authority to forgive others as Christ forgave me. So it's more than just walking out in evangelism. It's the whole life. It includes evangelism. It, it includes being witnesses. It, it includes uh, uh, reading the word and, 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 and loving people. It, it's all inclusive. The sonship becomes part of that life where the inclusive word of God becomes our goal, our life, our fulfillment. And all of God's authority, his efficaciousness stands behind everything he said to fulfill it. So when Jesus submitted to the Father, he realized the word said that he would not allow me to see corruption. And he begins to fulfill all that was said about him in the Old Covenant. He trusted the Father to keep his covenant. He trusted the Father to fulfill what he said concerning his life. Sonship doesn't walk in concern of what I think. Sonship walks in the things that what God thinks, what he says. That becomes the priority of the sons of God. Now, the sons of God, I want to say this just to make it clear, uh, includes male and female. We're all birthed into sonship. We're all birthed into walking in the assignment that God has for us. And let me say this to simplify the assignment. The assignment is just what the word says. It's what the word says. And as we walk in what the word says, that becomes part of our life in everyday living, and a variety of things are part of it. But sonship in the Galatian church was important because they were drifting away from it. And he said this about them. He says, you're foolish. Who bewitched you? Who made you think that there was something better than being saved by grace through faith? Who flew in here unaware and began to influence you from being what you're not supposed to be and walking in the things that will never be accurate nor fulfilled because you can't be righteous through the law. So sonship is coming into a place where I understand in my spirit that I am walking here. I am here to actually fulfill what God said. And so it's important for me in my life, this is what I do, I read the gospel and I personalize it. Because I read the gospels in a way that 
Jesus is actually talking to me. The Father is actually talking to me personally. That's sonship. I want to be aware of what the Father said and what he's saying so I know what to do and what to believe and how to act and what not to do. Sonship. Sonship. The Galatian people were walking away from being an heir of the promise. They were walking away from being joint heirs with Christ. I mean, that's so um, demeaning. An heir is one who receives, one who receives his allotted possession by right of sonship. Sonship gives you the right to be an heir and a joint heir with Christ. Meaning that sonship, we walk in harmony with the Father and the Son in fulfilling his word on earth. We become a joint participant. That's, that's our inheritance. Part of our inheritance is walking with Jesus, walking with the Father, walking under the power and leadership of the Holy Spirit to fulfill the word of God. That is an inheritance that has tremendous value, reward, that can never, the world could never give you. Sonship is the measure of a person who is absolutely surrendered to the will of the Father, meaning the word of God, and walks that way. And in the world that we live in today, the influences of the world into the church, the cosmos, this cosmetic cosmos, tries to influence the world and bring, uh, tries to influence the church with its all of what it is. And I, 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 have a, I have it on a different set of notes or I would read it. That's the earthly thing. Now let me talk about the heavenly thing. When we were born again, we were translated out of the powers of darkness and put into the kingdom of his dear son. That is why sonship becomes our reality. Because we have been placed under the authority of almighty Jesus who conquered everything. And so when I walk with him, in joint heirs with him, what he conquered becomes the result that we see in life. We participate with him in his results. One who has acquired and obtained by receiving a portion of lot. Sonship actually allows a believer to come into a legal status from the infant, from the embryo, the legal status of sonship already existed. But there comes a point in life when we actually are 
released into that legal status, meaning I have now, I am now connected with the legislation of heaven and all the legal aspects of heaven now I can walk in. Because the legal part of heaven is the authority part of heaven. It's the part where the legal justice system of heaven has declared what will be done and what won't be done. And we walk in that. We actually become part of that. That's, that's the joint heir with Christ. Let me just paint a little picture. The image of the kingdom is that of a vast place of indulging into everything that is in the heavens. Joy, peace, no fear, Everything is good. That is eternal in all blazing light of his glory. The place what consists of nothing but kings in glorious array, each with his crown, and Christ being the king of kings and the Lord of lords, a kingdom that has no subjects at all. You see, when you're born of grace and faith, you're not a subject, you're a son. You're no longer a slave. A slave has no relationship. A slave it just works for somebody else. But in sonship, you're connected to your father, to the son and to the Holy Spirit. There's an intimate relationship in the kingdom of God. We have been taken into that relationship. We have been put into this relationship. He took us there. He put us there. He wants us to live there, walk there, function there. Hallelujah. In the book of Revelation, crowns are mentioned. Kings wear crowns. A crown of righteousness is displayed over there. Can you imagine? All the saints in heaven... Crowned with the crown of righteousness in the King of kings and the Lord of lords being there. That's what we're translated into. We were taken out of this dark, dreary world. According to some of the Greek scholars, darkness in the Bible is one thing, but there's a thing called outer darkness. And outer darkness is pictured like this. Anybody in this dark world can be saved. It's a darkness that you can be saved out of. But there's outer darkness where there is no hope. And this is, this is really powerful because if you reject the Messiah... If you reject Jesus, the only lot you have left is outer darkness. Meaning a place where there's no more redemptive work possible. Where there's gnashing of teeth. We were taken out of that. We were taken away from that potential. When we got saved and brought into the kingdom, we were taken out of the powers of darkness. We were taken out of that, the abyss of darkness where there is no hope. 
So we don't walk in darkness. We walk in light. We are taken out of that darkness. We don't belong to this world. We don't, we don't identify with darkness anymore. We are identified with light. Sonship means we are children of the light. He says, you are the light of the world. Hallelujah. God has given his children, his sons, an assignment that's exciting, fulfilling, and never-ending. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. How much time have I got left here? This is 2.15. Still got 15 minutes? I just about run out of something to say. That's a miracle. Hallelujah. Oh, my Lord. I, I find this study so intriguing because I realize how much I really don't understand about being in the kingdom. There's a, there's a, there's a, um, how can I put this? There are, there are sons of the kingdom. There are sons, this is humus now. There are humuses of the kingdom. And then there are humuses of the devil. There are humuses of darkness. And then there are the humuses of God, the sons of God. Sons of the kingdom. Sons of the kingdom are those who walk in divine authority. And the reason why it's divine authority is because we are joint heirs with the one who is authority. And so we walk, we live. In the realm of the kingdom, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful call for every believer. I want to encourage you this day. Think about, think about God, his sonship for your life. What is it in the word that he wants you to fulfill? What is it in your life? that he's calling you to join him and become a participant with who he is. I marvel at the plan of divinity. I marvel at the efficaciousness of God. It is him who is able to bring about what he has planned. By faith, you can walk in it today. God bless you.